Hello and welcome to the Mighty Temperature Cup Show Round 5, your best place um, to get updates on all of the Mighty Ten Cup action, because that's what we're going to do. We're going to run through all the games from last week. We'll have a look at the tables. We'll look forward to next week. We'll also have a quick look at the Farrah Palmer Cup, but we're five games in. This is halfway through the regular season, so we are going to do a mega stats um, review and uh, let's see if what we think about teams such as Hawks Bay can only score from lineouts, uh, lineup malls. Is that true? Do the stats back that up? Uh, are Bay of Plenty and, and um, Counties Manukau really forwards orientated teams or not? And well, are just Tasman good at everything? Well, we'll find that all out. And uh, the man who'll be finding it out with me is uh, Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad, Paul. Once again, it's a privilege and a pleasure to be on the uh, TDM. And I've just realised I've not got my window up. This has all, has all your comments and uh, reactions. So that's up now, folks. So anyone who's watching the live show, please let us know your thoughts in the comments. Um, and uh, we'll, and if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer, then throw them in there. We kicked off the weekend with Manawa 2 versus Northland. Now, I think we both went with Northland here, didn't we, last week? No, I think I went Manawa 2, to be honest, uh, Paul. Jeez. Oh. <clears throat> I know, not very treacherous, got to say, very treacherous to go uh, against the uh, Taniwha, but I just had a funny little inkling feeling that Manawa 2 would come through, and that's exactly what they did. Yes, they did, didn't they? Um, the um, <laughs> Ollie Brown says, yeah, there's one stat is clear. Uh, Otago is the home of the Shield. Well, they are for one more week at least, or two weeks, I think, they're playing away this week. Um, that is very true. Uh Look, uh, the wet conditions and Northland didn't really handle those um, very well, did they? Uh, the And I've got to feel a bit sorry for Manawatu's coffers because every single game they've had at home this, this season has been wet. Um, and uh, you've got to say that their crowds haven't been that great because of that. Uh, let's hope they actually get a dry game before the end of the season. But um, yeah, as I say, 31-25, uh, a six-point win in the end. Um and uh, Lau Mappi um, also uh, made, made, a, made, made his uh, presence felt with a try. But Jamie Booth, I think, was the man of the match for me um, in this one. Yeah, he, he just seemed to control everything. A, an interesting stat from this game. Um, the Northland success rate, they made 75 tackles in the game and they had a 93% tackle success rate. But I'd probably say 7% of those missed tackles came through the midfield because that's where they're problems seem to be just in that midfield area and crucially Paul where they, they didn't start too well I think the Northland forwards basically got their team back into the game with a little bit of little bit of little bit of, little bit of momentum but five minutes out from half time Manawatu latched on two opportunities one from a turnover another where they basically pretty much went 60 70 meters and uh, I think Laomapi might have featured in a couple of those uh, those breaks as well and those to me were, the, were pretty much, that was the key in the game. Manawa 2 just getting out to, I think it was about a 24-10 a lead. Northland fought their way back, but probably just gave themselves a little bit too much to do. Yeah, I mean, the things just didn't go Northland's way. I mean, Jamie Booth dragging the um, uh, the shorts down um, of uh, of a player to stop um, to stop Highland from uh, from from scoring with his with his shorts round by his by his knees. Uh, they yeah, there, there were a few things that could have gone their way, but they just didn't on um, on the night. Um, I think also I mean, Gregory, who has been pretty good for Northland, he blew hot and cold. He had some really good moments, mm. but then some real shockers um, as well. And yeah, uh, yeah I, congratulations to Manu too. I 
I really didn't see them winning any any games this season apart from against Southland. Yeah. But um, yeah, they've done it. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly enough, from the Tanifar piece, I know the forwards they won't be too happy because I thought for long periods of that game the forwards actually dominated the uh, turbos, especially at at set piece. And I think there was a stat there where they had quite a bit of time, about nine minutes inside the the uh, turbos twenty two. But unfortunately, you know, you could be dominating that area, but it's what you do in the backs. And I think they've just lacked a little bit of uh, uh, penetration this year. And it sort of segues into to Scott Gregory. I, I personally think Northern are wasting him at fullback. Paul, um, we saw Scott Gregory last year in the midfield, and he actually looked really good there. I can remember him making a couple of good clean line breaks. And I just think his talents are being wasted in that, in that fullback position. But uh, listen, at the end of the day, you've got to give... Manawa to their, their Jews, they were under the pump in the forwards but I'll tell you what, when it really mattered when they had to get points and uh, take their opportunities, that's exactly what they did uh, Yeah, so comment in the chats if we need to play the young um, Cherrington in the midfield Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that, thanks for that comment Tamati <laughs> a, a friend that I spoke to last year Yeah, I totally I totally agree. He's got a reputation as a, a very good defender. And uh, I just wonder with the Northland coaches, George Cornea and um, and also Darren Whitcomb, if they've basically what I call bottled it. They've picked the squad and they seem to have a, a lot of confidence in the guys that they've got at the moment. But in reality, they're not actually doing the job and they haven't used their complete squad. So I think with five games to, to go, I think, Arguably, you could say they're pretty much out of it. They have to come up with three big upset wins over over um, some big premiership teams, and I'm talking about Canterbury, Wellington, and Tasman. I wouldn't put my house on it, Paul. No, neither would I. Um, moving on, then one thing you can put your house on is Southland losing away and Hawks Bay winning this season by the by the looks of things. Forty-one uh, twenty-three really plays into that uh, stereotype that we have of Southland that they can score tries. Uh, they've got the ability to counterattack, but they just leak so so many. Um, and just going through my through my notes here, um, and again, this this plays into the stereotype of uh, Hawks Bay. It goes length of field stuff for an opening try by Bay. South and a couple of penalties. Line out more Bay try. Line out more Bay try. Um, and suddenly it's half time. Second half. Line out more Bay try. Line out more Bay try. Um, yes, and that's basically if if you if you're going to give up penalties. In your own half, the Bay are going to kick to that corner and they're going to maul it in, aren't they? Yeah, oh, they've got it down pad. What's Ash Dixon sitting on this year? Five, six tries, <laughs> something like that. Must be the top scorer in the team. He, yeah, you can you can almost uh, put a bet on at the TAB that he's going to going to score a try off the back. I don't know what his scoring odds, but you'd you'd want to be on him every time Hawks Bay are playing. Listen for Southland. I, I thought it wasn't a bad sort of performance on the back of being torn a new one the week before against Canterbury. What, what eighty odd nil. Yep. And, and, they, and they actually started really well. They actually scored a try in the in the first couple of minutes or so, if I if I recall, to their uh, to their fullback. But unfortunately, Greg Pleasant's tape decided to, uh, and I don't know why he did it. Just completely shoved somebody out of the way with a bit of a bit of a backhander, and of course that was overturned. And then ten minutes later, of course, um, the uh, and once again also from a turnover while Southampton were on attack. Hawks Bay went what they went pretty pretty close to ninety odd meters down mm. the other end. Gareth Evans picks up and and scores the try. Now <clears throat> credit to Southland, they worked their way back into the game, but they just really made little mistakes when it really counted. And and I've got to say, 
I actually thought the Southland backs looked the more they looked the more effective unit during the game. It's just that whenever they made mistakes or discipline probably caused the stags at the end of the day, we all knew what Hawks Bay were going to do, kick to that corner. Yeah, absolutely. Dis- discipline was, is, is against Hawks Bay, you've got to maintain your discipline. Uh, and yeah, Southland didn't do that. And yeah, and, and basically, yeah, soon after half time, the, um, the, the, the game has run away from them because of that. Um, they did, there was a yellow card as well, which didn't help, but, um, yeah, but at the end of the day, I don't, that yeah, wasn't what I, decided the game. What we should say, though, is hat tip um, to that we had the first ever um, female ref for a minor 10 cup game. Um, and yeah, no complaints about the ref at all. She did, she did um, really well. No, she did, a, she did a fantastic game, but uh, you may remember her name because I don't quite at the moment. Um, Neither do Rebecca. I. I think it's Rebecca, but I could be wrong. Yes, no, you are you are right. And, she, and you know, first time up, I, I thought, too, she did a, a, an adequate job. I... I do believe, though, Hawks Bay should have been given a yellow card. There was a there was a sweeping attack by by uh, Southland, and to me, Gareth Evans deliberately came in came in from the side. There was a big lot to the left hand side, and uh, I he got penalised at the time, but I believe he actually should have been binned. And then you see Mitchell, the uh, um, one of the tight head, I think one of the props, get binned in the second half. You know. When you're actually having a rough time with it, all you need is a a a little bit of luck, but also a bit of consistency from the official. And while we just finished complimenting her, I just think if she looks back at uh, probably the 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 tail of the tape again or the video, she'll probably find that yeah, maybe I could have been a little bit more harsher on on Evans. You know, just little moments, but unfortunately for South, they're not quite able to play up that 80 minutes. Nope. Um, next up, uh, Counties Manukau versus Tasman. I was there for this one. I was there for both the Farrah Palmer Cup, um, uh, which game, which was Counties um, against uh, Manawa Two, uh, and also Counties versus Tasman um, uh, for the minor ten cup. Zero thirty six. Yep, Tasman do just keep marching on. And whilst I think a lot of us will be will be sort of saying quite a bit about the tries they've scored, uh, it's defensively where they've really. Uh, ha- are dominating uh, this game. They're just not letting other teams score, uh, taking a few opportunities themselves, uh, and then as soon as they get, as, as soon as scoreboard pressure starts to to apply, hey, it, it's all over. Um, and uh, you, you could see that the the, the counties, um, uh, the the coaches weren't very happy because they had three changes at half time, um, and uh, when you make that many changes at half time, yeah, there's been a grilling in the um, in the sheds. Yeah. Now, to be fair to Daryl, he did come out and have a chat with me afterwards. So, um, so yes, uh, quite often there, there are definitely times when the coaches can disappear um, at the end of games where they've been on the wrong end like this. But no, he fronted up, which which was really good. Uh, but yeah, this Tasman side is is looking dominant, and their set piece and everything is just is yeah, is solid. And, and, and once we get a few more patrons entering on the show, Paul will be able to show that brilliant technology and he'll be able to show the interview that he did with uh, Daryl Suisui at the end of the game, uh, which I've got to say, once again, Paul, well well done there. Um, yeah, almost got the call up to commentate this game, uh, Paul, on Friday night. Got a call from Radio Sport because one of the commentators had a bit of a, a sore throat at the time, but I was kind of relieved that I didn't have to drive down the motorway to call this game. 36-zip is pretty convincing and... Well, probably okay. the only probably the only real thing I can say for counties, um, they only conceded what uh, a couple of tries in the second half, but it was pretty much as good as done at halftime. Twenty-four nil um, was the halftime score, 
But I've got to say, I think just also Tasman's physicality, not not just at breakdown, but in defence, really didn't allow Counties Monaco to have any go forward whatsoever. And that was probably about the, the crux of it, Paul. Yep, it was. Um, it also didn't help that Counties' line-out wasn't functioning either. Um, but um, we're going to get on the stats later. And what we'll see is that Tasman are one of the best at attacking opposition's um, set-piece. But um, so... <laughs> Some stories from behind the curtain here, folks, um, or from behind the scenes on this one. Uh, so, first off, it's a double header. Okay, so um, the for the for the Farrah Palmer Cup one, uh, they didn't have enough coaches' boxes. Um, so the Farrah Palmer Cup head coach came and sat in the media room with me on my own. So him and I sat together uh, during the uh, during the um, the Farrah Palmer Cup game. Uh, and I say, t- sitting with a coach uh, and listening to. The, the conversations he's having with the, with the guys on the sideline was a real eye-opener. Uh, I will be doing a supporters special, um, which yes, uh, with, give you an insight as to what goes on in a coach's box during a game. Uh, obviously, I can't actually divulge the exact things he said, but I can give you an idea as to the kind of stuff that's going on who, uh, and, and what kind of instructions and things that they're, they're relaying. So that's coming out tomorrow. Uh, so become a supporter. Hit that Patreon button as um, uh, that, uh, that Stephen was talking about. But during that... We had basically the roof came in on the uh, the media room because the sky or or somebody was climbing over the roof of the uh, of, of the media room, um, laying extra, extra extra electric cables, and they put their foot through the roof. So that was a bit of a scary moment. Uh, after that, the Wi-Fi wouldn't work for Radio Sport, and so, so there was no live commentary. Um, and the Radio Sport people came and sat in with us in the media box um, for the uh, for the Minor Ten Cup game, and just. Um, gave uh, little updates over the phone. So it's good that you didn't get called out there because, um, as I say, it didn't all go to plan on uh, <laughs> on Thursday night. Uh, sorry, Friday night this was. Um, so, so, yes, um, it was all a, bit, all, 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 all a bit chaotic down at... Uh, I've got, I've got, I've got to say, Paul, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit disappointed now. That would have been the easiest 250 bucks I've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got some Toffee Pop um, uh, little, oh, uh, biscuits as well. There you go. Um. So uh, there's some there, there's some uh, insights into the, the counties um, versus Tasman um, uh, game this weekend. Uh, after that, we had North Harbour versus Waikato, thirty-eight thirty-six. Wow, this was a game, um, and it came down right to the hooter. Uh, Waikato will be asking themselves how they let this one slip. They were nineteen thirty-six up. Um, with less than 20 minutes to go. Uh, and uh, and somehow uh, um, North Harbour came back and scored three tries. That was really uh, an, an impressive uh, move by them. There was a stiff breeze um, in this game uh, at, um, uh, at at the backs of, uh, of Waikato. So maybe they, uh, they, they should have got um, they should have got further up in this one. Um, uh, Stratton got charged down uh, for, for for a try, uh, and then um, what was the the and then also there was a fairly uh, soft second try as well, uh, and so in the end, obviously those scores were the uh, were, were part of the difference. But uh, yeah, both these, uh, especially especially North Harbour, had a lot of ticker in this one. Just just see on your terms. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they they certainly did. Yeah, really crazy, you know. Harbour ahead 21-12 at halftime. And like you say, that was 17 minutes to go. They were up 36 points to 17. I I see, you know, maybe 
maybe Waikato went to the bench a little bit earlier. But speaking of, of the bench, there was a great little the, the hooker that came on. I think his name is uh, Tolai, who replaced James Parsons. Boy, he added some great value in terms of go forward when he when he came on. But it just seemed seems as though Harbour just seemed to get their game going together enough in that last 17 minutes or so. And uh, yet you just knew they were in for a whirlwind finish, especially when they they scored with just um, Paul, what was it, with a couple of, minute, couple of minutes to go, I think it was, um, that um, McGann, McGann scored the try, or was it, J- oh, sorry, Little scored the try around about the 75th minute, converted by, by McGann, who up until then, to be honest, had, had been playing pretty averagely, and then he picks up the... The, the winning the winning try and then uh, knocks over the conversion. Yep, it, it was it it was um, very I mean, it was contrasting stars in the first half. I mean, because of that wind, we saw Waikato kicking a lot um, and um, Harbour keeping the ball in hand. But they really decided had decided in this game. And again, it's part of the post match interviews that you can get over on Drive on on this um, channel. Uh, the the coaches there said, yeah, there was a big plan of theirs, which is just keep hold of the ball because Waikato can be dangerous and just just don't let Waikato have the ball. Uh, and that was their big. Uh, that, that, that was a big part of their game plan um, this this evening, and um, yeah, it's um, admittedly. I mean, when I'm talking about those soft tries for uh, for, for for Harbour early on, um, I mean, Waikato picked up an interception try as well. So it's not like it was it was all one way uh, sort of soft. So, but um, and when you get um, 38, 36, yeah, there's been a few a few soft tries in there because hey, that's a, that's a high scoring game. Paul, just like to touch on a couple of players from from either team who really impressed me. I've got to say, Fletcher Smith, and it, it mm. almost seemed like it was on point when he went off. That Waikato just seemed to lose a bit of their shape. He seemed to be steering the team around uh, quite nicely. But boy, he's a first five that's in very good form this year, and we're, they're kind of blessed at the moment after Josh Ioane's performance for the All Blacks that we've got all these uh, promising number tens running around. But I thought from a um, from a harbour point of view. I actually thought one of the best backs on the field was Mark Talia. Boy, this boy's got mm. some got some footwork, and he just seemed to beat tacklers every time he had ball in hand, and he impressed me. And once again, with Harbour's late comeback, he he had a lot to do with that charge right at the end. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that uh, that Harbour managed to do was find holes early in the game and late in the game in that Waikato defence. But Waikato seemed to sort of sort things out after about sort of 15-odd minutes. But then I think they just got tired um, at the very end, having to defend against a team that's kept hold of the ball so much. Uh, and then eventually they found their holes again. And I think that's that's what it really came down to. Um, uh, Tapai is another player that Quince Bayer, I mean, we talk about him, I, I mention him pretty much every week. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's another player that's that's in that, uh, that's, that I think we should call out because he scored a try, or scored two tries actually. Um, in this game. Next up, boy, Wellington are, are are sailing close to the wind this season. They've had a draw <laughs> against Hawks Bay. They've had a um, they've had a one point win over Canterbury. They've scored on the buzzer to beat um, to beat Counties, and now they go and beat Bay of Plenty by a single point, fifteen sixteen. Whatever Wellington, I mean, Wellington really do know how to how to win games. Uh, even if not, uh, even if their performances aren't, aren't aren't very convincing. Oh, listen! The, the crazy thing about their performances, they're actually getting beaten up front. I mean, so mm. once again, it's it's scrum time. Bay of Plenty were absolutely dominant, and I 
Well, I just think Wellington may have dodged a bit of a bullet with the official as well. I think I, I, I can recall a situation where there were there were four penalties in a row, and yeah, quite quite frankly, I think they were fortunate. But you know what? They defensively they've got a a ton of heart that's pretty much led by their, their loose forwards. Um, um, uh, Karifi, is it uh, Duplessis Karifi and and also Ben Altiariki oh, Ben Nicholas as well, who was probably their outstanding player as well. And boy, do they know how to latch onto an opportunity um, when it basically comes along. You've got the very hot and cold Jackson Garden Bishop, who's either cold or very, very hot. He seems to have mastered the cross kick or the pop kick. But, uh, you know, once again, they did it. You know, Hawks Bay forwards would be really disappointed. I thought all their loose forwards actually played really well and and probably... uh, um, Probably none none better than the likes of uh, of of Carpick and and also the uh, number six Hugh Blake I thought was pretty good for the Bay. Yeah, absolutely. Bay, Bay of Plenty. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think there'll be some comments in the the, the, the post match review um, about the fact that yeah, if you're giving up four four or so scrum penalties, surely at some point a prop needs to be going to the bin um, because yes, there, there were a whole bunch of penalties there. Um, and in our, our chat with, I've, I've been asking this weekend and chat with him and he was like saying yeah if um, if referees aren't going to um, penalize I'm going to put, pull out cards you're going to see teams rewarded for just penalizing uh, and just giving up penalties on defense in that far, last five meters because that's essentially how Wellington won this one uh, so yeah not the best um, advert maybe for for, for, for for rugby but there you go um after that, um, Auckland Canterbury, a repeat of the um, gone blank. The final last year uh, it finished twenty two thirty two instead, uh, so not the same scoreline. But talking to some of the um, uh, t- talking to somebody who who was um, uh, Harmon, he really just could not keep himself out of this game. He was either scoring tries or getting or getting a yellow card. Um, uh, and uh, I, I interviewed him after the game, and one of the things that um, uh, that he said from this one was that as soon as it started raining, they were thinking, "Oh no, it's it, it's it's we've got a repeat of last year because last year it rained and started raining in the second half. It started that again here, um, but that didn't happen." But talking to him and also to the head coach, both of them were saying, "Yes, memories of last year, memories of the final last year, were very front and centre in their mind." And I think um, whilst Ramaya um, wouldn't uh, wouldn't wouldn't uh, play along with this one in my post match interview. I think they, I think Auckland could have been a bit of just outpassioned in this one. Yeah, I, I, I'd go along with that. There were times during this game where I thought there were a lot of individuals for Auckland that looked really, really good. <clears throat> but listen, they kept on coughing up mistakes, and um, you know when you when you when you set pieces and as good as it, as it could be um, at the end of the day, I think Canterbury pretty much capitalised on all those Auckland mistakes, Paul. And um, you know, I think they always. Seen throughout this game, what they led twenty to ten at half time. Then they were the first uh, scorers in the second half. Billy Harmon going in uh, for a try after 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 half time. That was his second try, um, and they just seemed to have Auckland at, at arm's length. Auckland, of course, got back to twenty two twenty five, but uh, once again it was uh, Inari going in for the try in the sixty seventh minute, and, that, and they pretty much closed the game out from there, didn't they? Yeah, they did absolutely, and I think what we saw from that was actually how professional, uh, how structured they could be in closing that game out. They kept hold of the ball, 
they played in the right areas of the pitch, whereas we saw um, Bay of Plenty try and close the game out against Wellington, and they're picking and going with um, like three or four minutes to go in their own half, and they give up the penalty that lets Wellington come back and win it. There was no hint of something similar from Canterbury. They were in control of that ball. They knew what they were doing, um, and they and they executed it extremely well. Um, I mean, some things again. What we saw from uh, Canterbury. I mean, here was a team that really knew they had a bad start to the season. They need the wins. They need the points. They were taking everything on offer. They were kicking their threes straight away. Auckland, in contrast, they were going to the corner and trying to tr- trying to win this game in fives and sevens. Whereas Canterbury were happy just to let that scoreboard tick over. And that's what got them in the lead. That's what got the scoreboard pressure. And that's what I think uh, gave them that first half lead and was, was and that, uh, made it a comfortable game for them. Mm. Auckland, I think if they'd done something similar, ticking, ticking the scoreboard over, I think this would have been a lot closer. Mm-hmm. I just think another area where Canterbury were just that little bit better was in the halves as well. So once again, saw a few mistakes from the from the two, the, the Auckland halfback in, in, in first five. And um, I think Drummond and Cameron were probably just a little bit more ahead of their, their counterparts in that area. Yeah, and Ruru gets a tough, um, you know, the Auckland uh, scrum half, gets a tough tough time of it. People are, are pretty, uh, are very quick in to, to, to have a go at him about the speed of pass and all that kind of stuff. Now, one of the things that was interesting when they play, when we went up to the, um, uh, the Northland game, was how the Northland coach afterwards said, yeah, it was difficult whilst um, they had their really de- defensive, um, aggravating um, halfback on. But as soon as they brought on the other one, who wasn't quite so physical around that stage, we got easier and quicker ball. And I think that's something that people don't see in Ruru, uh, is that yeah, how disruptive he is to the opposition scrum half. Um, and that's, uh, that, that, that's one of his strengths. But it's not something that the fans see. It's not something that, sit, that, that sits well in the stats. Um, but it's something that coaches see and that coaches like. Um, so, yeah, interesting one there. Final game of the round, and wow, how Otago keep hold of the shield. I can't believe this. Um, I really thought it was going to be heading back to Taranaki um, after this game. But to me, Taranaki have only got themselves to blame. I must admit, I didn't see the whole game of this one, but I did see the first half, and I did see Taranaki having try having the try line at go. Um, there begging and watching Triple T drop it, another player drop it. They must have, I think they shelled three tries in that first half. Um, and if you're going to be shelling tries like that, you better be creating lots of opportunities and defending. Letting in 35 points is not defending. Um, so yes, they shelled tries and then Otago really up their defence and, and held on. Yeah, once again, another game where the, the team with the dominant pick at, at set piece scrum time gets beaten, so it, it's just con- continuous. But I must admit, when we did our picks last week, I think we both picked Taranaki. We thought, and we just based that on the quality of player that they had, the Super Rugby players that they had in the team, a couple of All Blacks and and Tetoiro Tauerangi, and also Waisaki Naholo as well. And we we just thought they might be just too good, too experienced for Otago. But you know, Otago really showed some tremendous heart because at the 53rd minute when uh, Daniel Waite converted the Tay Walden try, it was, it was 20, 27, uh, what was it? 27 points to, uh, to 24. And it looked like Taranaki were getting on, getting on, but 
you know what? Back came Otago and a real smart decision. We won a penalty. It would have been easier to have kicked to the corner. But they, once again, they took the points on offer, leveled it up. And then five minutes later, Joe Nariki, uh, scored a scored a try and even though the conversion was missed, it just it had taken it out to five points and then they pretty much sealed the victory. Kuroi's penalty with uh, 69 minutes to well, seven minutes to go, take it out to 37. I always felt that Taranaki would still push and I thought in that last 10 minutes that Otago's defence was nigh on amazing. And I think when it gets down to that last 10 minutes, pull that word again, I think team a team that can just show a lot of ticker and heart will uh, come through, and that's exactly what Otago did. Yep, they, they, yeah, they did, uh, and congratulations to them holding on to the shield. I say, most of us did not think they would be able to do that, um, but um, yeah, well done. Um, now, my unfortunately, my uh, my computer, I tried to bring up a, a web page, and my computer has now decided to spin out, um, and uh, it's uh, so I'm not, so I'm going to have to very quickly look it up on my phone uh, to have a quick look um, as we go through um, the I've, got, tables. I've got the tables here, Paul. If you, you, you want me to, I can fire them off. Uh, yep, you can set some. Um, yep, there's some, there's some things that are, uh, uh, that um, here we go. That uh, that there was one looking at, but yeah, go on. You, you kick, kick us off with the um, with, with the Premiership. Okay, we'll start with the Premiership. Tasman, we all know, going great guns five from five. They have a uh, plus 159 aggregate, so um, it goes to show they're uh, scoring a lot of points and not conceding many. So they are sitting nicely on uh, 24 points. So uh, to be honest, uh, that gives them what just um, halfway through, basically halfway through, 24 points. Wellington on 16. Well, actually, yeah. But before we get on to that, I think it looks one of the things about this that, that what we see in this one is. Um, Points for 196, points against 37. In five games, they've only given up 37 points. It shows that this this team, it's built on defence more than their yeah. attack, and they yeah. get, they're getting out of it. Yep. So when, yeah. when we come to look at the stats in a second, look out for that. Wellington sitting on second place and 16 points. They'll they'll be wondering how they they're set there they're set there at the minute because they've uh, they've had three wins. All of those wins very very close. Could have gone either way, and they've also got that that draw against uh, Hawks Bay, but remembering first game of the season, they got torn a new one by Tasman. And I think one of the things we've said about this about with Wellington side, fantastic backs, not a strong scrum. So when we go a bit wait for the stats, let's see if they if they back that up. Mm-hmm. Then, we've, then we've got Auckland, hadn't, um, well, they hadn't uh, lost up until, until, the, uh, until the weekend. They also had a couple of a couple of draws to match a couple of wins as well. Those wins coming over championship sides, uh, Bay of Plenty and Northland. So maybe just finding it a little bit tougher when they're starting to hit some of the some of the bigger guns, but sitting all the same, sitting on fourteen points. Um, and so one of the things to, to notice through all of this is that basically from Wellington in second to County's Manukau in last, there's only five points difference. One try, one try bonus point win gets you from from second to last. So it's very tight. Behind Tasman. <laughs> now, I should I should mention there are three three teams sitting on fourteen points. The next team sitting on fourteen points is, is North Harbour. They've got a draw in there as well against Auckland, along with a uh, a, a couple couple of wins. I think they had a win. They had a, a win over Southland. I think it was um, quite convincingly. We expected them to win, and of course they left it for pretty much the. Uh, uh, what two minutes into injury time to take the victory over a Waikato team that are probably still scratching their heads this evening to how they lost that game. So they're sitting on 14. And also Waikato 
as well. Me to say, Paul, you've seen a you've seen a bit of these guys. They're, they're, they're capable of of special things, but a little bit of heckle and jide as as well. They got what pretty well beaten by Bay of Plenty, didn't they? Yeah, they got pretty well beaten by Bay of Plenty. I think they struggled against sides that have got a big pack. Um, really, of Waikato. Uh, yes, they've got uh, they've got players who can attack. As you say, keep the ball off them because they can attack. North Harbour, um, a team that, uh, ba- that that are based around their back three. Uh, we mentioned Talia, but we should also mention um, Sean Stevenson and Matt Duffy. Uh, so yeah, uh, um, so a bit surprising that uh, the the, the Harbour came back against them, but because because Harbour, I say, are mainly a, a backs team rather than a forwards team. Um, Waikato, yeah, but two actually Waikato and North Harbour two pretty similar styles. Uh, actually, if you think about it. Yeah, good. I, I will mention that the North Harbour do have a very good set piece scrum uh, with Marfilio and also Tunukiafi in uh, that uh, in that front row. And of course, back to thirteen points, back in the winners' circle after that big romp against Southland a couple of weeks ago, and um, obviously just a little bit too good for Auckland. Yep, they're lurking with intent. So anybody who thought uh, you were going to thinking of writing them off after three games. Yeah, those can tabs, they're hanging around and uh, I think they'll probably pick up pick up some more points on their yeah. road trip as they, when they head up to final day. Yeah, so we'll just run through the, the remaining games for, for Canterbury because the, you, you'll suddenly see why they have uh, had such a hard start. They've got Northland, Manawatu, um, Counties Manukau, Otago um, and North Harbour. So they've got three the three crossover games um, to come um, against sides that... Aren't that the, the, they're in the lower half of the table, and Counties Manukau and North Harbour. So Counties Manukau bottom now of the the Premiership. So they've played all their hard games. They could very easily ratch up another five wins. Absolutely, and they'll probably have them sitting in second second place. I I'm probably predicting they'll they'll probably finish at second in second place even at this stage. Now I'll say I must admit if that happens I will be disappointed unfortunately because purely because. I have media passes to six grounds, six out of six out of the fourteen teams, um, and if both Tasman and Canterbury end up in the top two, which that looks like they might probably do, that means that two of the that means the two semi-finals will be in the South Island, too far for me to travel. But there we go. Tra- um, Trafalgar and Trafalgar Park and uh, Nelson and uh, and Eddington showgrounds probably just a bridge too far for. Well, yeah, I mean, look at it. So the, the, I, I've I've got media passes to Auckland, North Harbour, Waikato, and Counties Manukau. Four of the teams in the in the, in the Premiership. Four out of seven. I should at least get one one semi final. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, the Counties come last. Uh, so um, pretty much a forward orientated team uh, around their pack. Um, but um, and you can see that by the fact that at 116 points, they've scored the second fewest points in this competition. Mm. Uh, that's right in the, in the Premiership. Yep, and uh, and uh, if you look at some of the a couple of the losses they've had to, they've they've obviously they've lost to Waikato, they've lost to to Tasman. You know they've still got some pretty big, big, and of course they lost to Wellington. Probably a game where they really should have got some points mm-hmm. out of that game. Maybe it maybe a draw. I, I kind of look back at at maybe the second to last pass in that game, and I still think it was forward. But uh, hey, that's uh, life in the big. That's life in the uh, minor ten uh, premiership. Yep. Looking into the championship, then Hawks Bay, um, the uh, the other team who haven't lost yet, four win, four, four wins and a draw, um, looking very good. I say very much forward forward orientated, but um, I think one of the things to be a, a bit cautious of with theirs is that they've the teams they've played so far have been Manawatu, um, obviously got the draw against Wellington, 
Otago, Northland, Southland. So the, the four wins have all been against some of the weaker sides in the championship or if at the bottom, uh, well, apart from Otago, yeah, four out of the bottom five teams there in the championship. Yep. So you've got to say Hawks Bay, second half of the season when they play Waikato, Taranaki, Bay of Plenty, Counties Manukau, Tasman is going much tougher for them. So don't automatically assume that they're going to top the table. Mm. Yeah, go along. I definitely go along with that, uh, uh, Paul. But you know they've got they've got they've got money in the bank at the moment, and that's what counts. Absolutely, they've got runs on the board, as they say. Yep. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, next up, then uh, Bay of Plenty, um, three wins and a couple of losses, um, but seventy plus but um, uh, points difference. Uh, so yes, seventy five points um, against. They're one of the best defences in the league. Um, and we know what uh, the defences win championships. So expect Bay of Plenty uh, to, to still go well and stay up there. Uh, I mean, their wins have been... Well, they, they went very close with Wellington this weekend. They've beaten... They went close. They, they, should, they feel they should have beaten Auckland. Um, and they've also played Waikato. So they've played three of their crossover games already. Um, so they've got... Uh, they, they've got a lot of their hard games out of the way. Um, they're, say, another forward-orientated team there. Both Hawks Bay and Bay of Plenty similar there. Otago, wow. Um, a team that really has been totally distracted by the Shield. They can play at home and they really just don't give a hoot away. Um, <laughs> yeah, the way, the way they, I've got to say, the way, these, the way these seasons started against Bay of Plenty, I thought for the Otago boys, it's, it, it really is going to be a long, long season. But, you know, credit to them. They've, they've basically managed to pull it, out, pull it out for this Renfrewly Shield. I thought a little lucky against Manawa too. The week before, but you know, you, you take your luck on offer, even though you know there were some suspect decisions by the the officials. But that win against Taranaki will do them, you know, a lot of good. Their other win also coming against uh, uh, Southland, Paul. Yeah, remember that. Absolutely. And so they have got two more shield defences to come, um, potentially. First up is um, Waikato in three weeks' time. Uh, and then Canterbury the week after. So if they hold on to the shield through to the end of the season, I would be amazed. But hey, stranger things have happened. Um, Taranaki, then three wins, two losses. A team that um, started off with three wins on the trot, and we're thinking, hey, wow, these guys are looking good to go bounce straight back up, um, have been brought back down to earth in their last two games. A team that relies on their backs, um, players like Potros, uh, Sean Wainui, uh, um, Naholo, um, to score points, uh, so they're susceptible to teams that with with, with a good pack. Um, Manawa two, one win, four losses. They got the win against Northland this weekend. Um, now the thing I said about them, and you can still see it there, they've only scored seventy seven points this season. Um, they just can't score points. Now, sure, they did go and put a put a bunch back to back against Northland, but um, but still, one try bonus point so far this season. They're struggling. Uh, in, in that in that, that regard, and uh, I think they continue, will continue to do so. Round six next week, they're playing Southland, so uh, they have an opportunity to get that second win under the belt. Yep. Now, from what I from what I understand, Paul, uh, Southland are looking forward to that visit from uh, from Manawa too. They probably uh, see that as an opportunity to maybe uh, uh, turn that unfortunately that unenviable record that they they just keep that they keep stretching in the uh, Mighty Team Cup Championship. Yep. Northland, um, yeah, got a win, and we thought, hey, maybe the early on, we thought, hey, maybe they, maybe they've, uh, they're heading in the right direction. But yeah, you say maintaining lots of faith in a certain set of players that aren't delivering for the for the coach at the moment. Uh, yeah. Um, 
and they they need to turn that around. Yeah, well, well, well said too, Paul. Um, we're hoping um, hoping for some uh, some some good news for Northern that maybe they get the likes of Tom Robinson back this weekend. That'll just give them a little bit of energy. But uh, boy, the the confidence must be sagging. And uh, I don't think Canterbury is the sort of team that's going to hmm. let you grab let you grab that confidence. It would be a an upset of epic proportions. But if you are if you are listening commentary on Radio Sport seven thirty five a seven thirty five pm this Friday evening, tune in. Uh, and then finally, Southland. Yeah, well, yeah, they're struggling. They get Manawatu this weekend. That's their last chance to win this season, basically. So good luck to them. But so far, no points, no bonus points. They're not even being close, really, unfortunately. Um, so there we go. Now, I'm just going to pull up a few stats or talk about some stats now because I think there's some really interesting things going on um, in this one. Um, the When teams score tries or um, is, is is a really uh, interesting one. So one of the things we've talked about here is Hawks Bay being forward orientated. Hawks Bay so far have scored 27 tries. 23 of them have been from lineouts. Um, <laughs> so... If you don't give up penalties and don't let Hawks Bay have lineouts in your twenty-two, you've gone a long way to beating them. <laughs> I was going to say, are you are you talking about the England rugby team between, uh, <laughs> between the, the, the years of nineteen seventy to nineteen eighty-four? You're talking about Hawks Bay. <laughs> now, that that is that is something amazing. The next the next best team for lineouts tries is Tasman with fourteen. Nobody else is in double figures. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. Bay have got 23. That's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, as Interestingly enough, North Harbour, eight tries off the back of scrums, um, which I think shows there that they like to have all the... They like to give their backs room to attack, um, to me. Uh, other, other interesting ones um, on here is, I guess... Teams that seem to, seem to go hard at the, 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 the get tries of the, the best in best transition teams, uh, uh, Canterbury Counties, Manukau, and Tasman all have five tries from turnovers. Um, and uh, the um, the if ta- one one of these things uh, that we always say about a, a, a good team uh, or or, or uh, it will they will score straight back. Tasman have got three tries that have that have originated from kickoffs to them. Wow. So again, they top that stat. So again, it's that's a matter of they're, they're dangerous and they'll come straight back at you, even when they even even on the few occasions when they do um, give up points. Um, so those, those are the ones that kind of uh, jumped out at me from 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 there. When you talk about counties, again, eight of their tries have been from um, from lineouts, five from turnovers. Um, which uh, that's well, that's thirteen out of their seventeen. So that's where, where a lot of those those come from. We talk about them being, or I talk about them being a forward orientated team. Um, talk about Taranaki being a a backs orientated team. They, they've got four tries from kick returns, um, and same for Otago with five tries from t- kick returns. That's that's where they kind of score um, a lot of their points. So that shows you that they kind of have the backs to really hurt you um, in there. Well, another interesting one is, is, is where have teams um, conceded tries from? Now, line-out defence, bad for Manor 2. Hey, they've just played um, Hawks Bay. Uh, so, funny enough, that, <laughs> that's not a surprise, is it, really? Northland um, uh, and Southland, all of those teams have given up 13 tries from line-outs. Wow. Um, and Northland and Southland, really, 
four tries each from kick returns. Get your kick chase sorted out, boys, because that's not yep. very good. And Southland again, eight eight turnovers, eight, eight, eight tries from turnovers. They oh. do not transition into defence well. Oh, absolutely. And some of those and some of those tries, unfortunately for Southland, have been from long range. I can recall games against North Harbour where they turned turned it over while on attack, and we once again saw it against uh, Hawks Bay, where really a misdirect. In fact, if the player had just gone into touch as opposed to trying to throw a pass back, you know, the, the movement pretty much ends there. And I, I think it's just one of those byproducts, Paul, of being absolutely desperate. You know, when you when you're basically desperate to make something happen, you you, you do something and something a little bit silly. But unfortunately, some of these other teams have the ability to go go the full distance. And that's yeah, they do. Point. And so it's interesting. A couple of, a couple of here is another one is count, um, counties have conceded the most tries from scrums. Now we think counties have got a decent scrum. Well, what that also means is a lot of their best defenders are tied up <laughs> in that scrum. So it's a good chance to attack them if you can get the ball out quickly, um, as well. So. I thought those are some interesting stats there. Um, what we can also see from that is then uh, how many phases it takes teams to um, to score to score tries, um, and what we see um, from that. And I know we've got a ta- we've got, we've got a, a Northland fan in here, so let's just we'll, we'll, we'll give we'll have a quick chat, chat about Northland first up. Essentially, they score score all their tries just after half time. Um, they scored two tries in the first quarter, three tries just um, before half time, six tries after half time, and two tries before the end of the game. So yes, their best best time is there. But the problem for them is they've already given up um, twenty tries in the first half. Paul, I'd I'd like to know with, with North and how many, how long are their phases, or what are they stitching together? Because what I've actually seen um, now, from what I believe, Jack Debrusini, in, in in terms of stats, is one of the better better carriers in the stats, but I've noticed, uh, even when I've been calling their games, watching their games at times, that he's gone offload and there's been nobody off his shoulder and there's been no continuity. The good teams are able to create continuity. If you can, even if you can get deep in behind your opposition, then you're able to set... Oh, sorry, I've got, I've got the wrong spreadsheet up. I was actually talking about... Um, so I did, this is me being up. Sorry, so folks, ignore what I just said. I've got I've got the wrong stats up. I've got the wrong spreadsheet. Northern score tries after four to six phases. Sorry. Two tries after one phase, three tries after two, three phases, um, six tries after four to six phases. The problem is they can't defend first phase ball. 13 tries off first wow. puts them, wow. and then seven tries off two to three phases. Um, the only team worse at defending first phase ball is Southland with 14. Um, wow. So, yeah, That's... that first phase ball um, is, uh, uh, is, 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 is is an issue. Now, there are some really weird ones here. For some reason, Manawatu can't defend first phase ball. They give up 10 tries. But they're great at defending phase two and three, where they only give up two tries. But then phases four to six, they give up 10 tries more. Um, <laughs> so um, there are some abnormal um, stats in here. But uh, but what you can see here is that Tasman never give up a try after three phases. So you have to, uh, they once they get there, they're, they're very good at disrupting other teams. Um the we talked about uh, we've been talking about uh, Hawks Bay and their and their uh, their lineup more. Fifteen of their tries are from first phase, more than anybody else. Um, again, other teams that have got double figures there: Canterbury, Otago, and Tasman are all good off first phase. 
talking about teams that can actually go through the phases, interestingly enough, Auckland and uh, Targo have got the most tries after seven phases with five at five um, as well. So that, that, that's pretty crazy, Paul. When you think about it, I, the, the Auckland one, I understand very, very big pack guys getting over the ad, ad, advantage line, you know, really hard to stop, stop big men. And if the cleaners are, cleaners are doing their job and they add multiple phases, very hard to defend against. Otago on the, on the other hand, are not a, not a big pack, but one thing that was quite noticeable about their performance against Taranaki yesterday is the cleaners get to them very, very quickly, mm. which provides very, very quick ruck, ruck ball. So they can transition very, very quickly, and they don't commit a whole lot of guys to that ruck as well. So they've got cleaners, cleaners around for the next, next phase that they build. Um. So interesting chat in the chat here. Apparently, um, what do you reckon about Nareki as a uh, bolter for the Highlanders next year? Um, gee, I, I actually saw that. I saw that question on uh, put on uh, the Mighty Team Facebook as well. What if it's the same person? Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, hard out. Well, I mean, so if you're carrying a squad, if you've if you've got a guy that can pretty much play, uh, you know, play a couple of. Actually, I'm thinking of Karoi who plays um, Villamoni Karoi who plays first five and wing. But yeah, Nareki, I, I think he's a, I think he's a chance. He's definitely a, a finisher, and he's got X factor, and he's pretty handy over the ball as well. Defensively, he made a couple of good tackles yesterday as well. Real, real key ones. So we go. Um, the um, so looking at uh, some of the stats. So by when um, when people score tries during the game, uh, Southland have given up twenty two tries in the second half, which shows that they don't have the depth off the bench. I think, and they tire. Um, probably, probably also put through a lot of defensive work in the first half. Um, one of those things we talk about Canterbury or, or Crusaders is they score either side of half time, um, which uh, isn't which uh, they they score seven before six after. So um, not as many, not as not as many as some, um, but definitely at the upper end there. Um, any other ones that sort of um, jump out? Uh, I guess um, Tasman. They always get in front because they don't concede any. They've yet to concede a first half try. Um, and uh, yeah, if, you, if you're not conceding tries in the first half, you're going to be in the lead, and then it becomes much easier. Yeah. And, um, and Paul, <laughs> and Paul I, I've got to say, a re- they're a really good scrambling team as well. They're just starting to get hit with a few in- injuries as well. I see mm. Andrew Andrew Makaleo was uh, was carried off, and that looked like a pretty serious injury to to me, Paul. Of, of course, they're all they're without Terrell uh, Lomax at the minute as well. So just injuries just starting to bite them, but. But they just seem to have the depth to, to cover those injuries at the minute. But if we think back to the game against Taranaki, which has been probably their tightest game this year, I they ended up winning that game 28-18, I think it was. And I, I, I thought Taranaki were, were really good value to pick up some sort of points in that game, a bonus point of sorts. But one thing I did notice about Tasman was just that their ability to, to scramble and get a player in the right place just to create a turnover. Yeah, and um, there's uh, one of the other the nice ones that another stat they've provided us is with is this um, points or score margin per quarter. Uh, obviously, we talked about Tasman being good at the first half. Southland minus fifty two in that period after half time. That's where basically the game goes away from them. Um, they sort of keep it in there. Uh, Counties Manukau 
pretty good in that f- uh, just before half time. They just start slowly, is is, is their problem. Um, but um, and then they have the but sorry not cancer sorry Hawks Bay sorry Hawks Bay got the wrong row there. Um, tend to lose the first quarter and they have to battle back in, but they they they've been doing so um, and getting there. Um, Auckland a side that basically loses it after half time. They don't come out of the sheds well. Uh, now we saw an, we saw an example of that in the Harbour game where they seemed to have the game under control. I think they were up 27-14. Sorry, beg your pardon, mm. 28-14. But Harbour came back and scored uh, two converted tries. Actually, that's the second time Harbour's made a good comeback and, and probably a bit unlucky not to have won that first-round clash at Eden Park. Yep. Um, and the final one I'm going to pick out is, um, uh, is, is Taranaki. Basically, in the first half, they're, they're, they're pretty much even. But they come out and they tend to they, they win that first period after half time by twenty nine points. Um, so clearly, the coaches down there managed to get over half time message very well. <laughs> a good group of students that actually listen. Yep. Um, kind of running out of time, so let's actually, let's just pick up on some players because someone who's been taking a lot of chat, a lot of flack in the chat, has been um, Debrasini. But um, Debrasini currently leads the offloads. Um, stats with 11 offloads. Jamie Booth second with 10. Um, and that's, your, that's your point, isn't it? That he makes breaks, but generally the support isn't there for him. Um, and he's offloading to nobody, which is a bit of a problem. Mm, yeah, North, I mean to say, he's also playing in, 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 a North, in a Northern team that really can't put a lot together. And at times, I think back to that uh, Auckland game where I actually thought he he still ran at the line reasonably well. I think they made the mistake of, of, of playing. I don't think it really helped them playing him at, at, at fullback. He should have stayed in that first five or that pivotal role. But um, no, to be honest, if we saw what he's capable during during Super Rugby. But it, it would be fair to say he's not been at his at his best in uh, in uh, Mitre Ten Cup Rugby. But I also think he's been hampered by not having uh, Northern last year. They were able to use Jack Goodhue on the odd occasion and and also Rennie, Rennie Ranger was was pretty much a rock in that midfield. Rennie probably doesn't have the probably the pace to to be at, at super level, but at Mitre Ten level, he gives your back line a, a little bit of a shape and he was a good pivotal point for Dick. Jack Debrasini last year, they just seem to be uh, to be missing that. But once again, I I think that the issues and the way that Debrasini is playing is more with the coaches at the minute. Uh, yep. Now, a player I've talked about before, going, why doesn't he get more more um, more game time and higher honors? Is Ricky Ricky and I, I'm probably got my answer here. He's fifth in the tackle count with six seven tackles, but unfortunately, he's also fifth in the missed tackle count with eighteen. So maybe that's why Ricky Ricky isn't. Uh, uh, is, is, is isn't is, isn't getting higher honours, unfortunately. Um, and say, Paul, maybe a few question marks, also in and around his um, his lineout throwing as well. Um, maybe. Um, I mean, w- one of the things I talked about, uh, we, I've said we haven't going through the through the, um, the the team stats, but Quentin Strange leads lineout steals with eight. Um, Liam Mitchell second there with um, with six. Uh, so yeah, one of those things about Tasman. I'm saying their, their set pieces and working. Your, your set pieces and work against them, because yeah, they got someone like Quentin Strange, who's great at the lineout um, at disrupting that. Um, which other one? Oh, the other one I was going to talk about was uh, we were talking about the backs being big for North Harbour, uh, and we can see that with Sean Stevenson tops the defenders beaten count with 42, second place Mark Talia, who you mentioned, with 33. 
yeah. and um, fourth um, quintupire from Waikato with 28. But yeah, the number 15 and the number 11 from North Harbour are top are first and second in defenders beaten. If you can control, if you can keep their um, the backs quiet or the back three quiet, you're going to go a long way to beating North Harbour. Yeah, yeah just, with, just with Stevenson, I, I think he probably top some stats for doing stupid things as well at times. <laughs> Paul, because we know what a what a talent he is, but he also does a couple of man-headed things. You know, can guarantee he'll do a couple of strange things in a game as well. So he's just really got to get that consistency. But I am really impressed with Mark Talia. Real impressive stepper. There's a couple of guys, uh, a couple of other guys, uh, Ben Otiriki, um, Ben Nicholas, just really impresses me as as a player. I wonder what he would be like at, at super level. Um, it'd be great to see him pick up a contract he may have been in the the hurricanes last year but i'm 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 really impressed with him um yep and another another just fun one while we're talking about this, um offloads per game number one is sonny bill williams with five um jack debrissini at 2.2 so sonny bill only played one game but there you go he made five offloads that game and tops that one um Cool. Right, that's just some fun and games around the stats. Um, the sorry, we're going to run late tonight, folks. Hope you uh, hope you don't mind and enjoy the chat. Um, before we get on to next week's games, we'll just touch on the Farrah Palmer Cup. So I was at a couple of these. Um, I was at um, Counties uh, Manukau versus Manawatu. Um, basically, Counties their side is just too big and strong for Manawatu. Manawatu got a bit of a smaller mm. team. Um, there and they went. They lost that one, 43-14. Um, um, Wellington going well, uh, beating Bay of Plenty, thirty-two twenty-nine. Yeah, it's good. That was that looked like a pretty that looked like a pretty good game, Paul. Um, um, not not a lot in it. Only three three points at the end, half time, and it was twenty-four nineteen to uh, it was twenty-four nineteen to the Bay. So a good comeback from Wellington. Um, also in there, um, Hawks Bay. Um, 64, Northland 31. Now, we were a bit concerned about Northland because it's their first season at this level. So that is actually a respectable... That, that, that's, that's a respectable first outing. Yep, yep. No, they, uh, and, and they showed a bit, of, a bit of stickability as well. They were down 31-12 at halftime. So, uh, listen, did really, really well in the, in the second half, which probably suggests uh, uh, conditioning is... Uh, is um, you know, is, is not too much of a, a problem for the uh, Northland team. And, and interestingly enough, uh, former uh, New Zealand uh, rugby rugby league player, Crystal Murray, did the, uh, who was playing at number eight, did the goal kicking for them as well. So it's an interesting little step. It, probably that's interesting. Yep. Um, next team, Tasman 10, Northland um, 22. Now, North, sorry, North Harbour 22. North Harbour also have a kicking lock. So, uh, so yes, there's a, there's, a, there's a few throwbacks. And oh. look, You've got to remember that this is a um, it's an amateur competition. It's not a prof- there are, there are the, the odd prof- the odd sort of professionals or semi professionals in the in the, the black firm players, but for the rest of them it, it is amateur. So you are you do it does definitely uh, you do see that kind of um, uh, that kind of thing where you do have the odd lock who kicks the odd the odd eight that kicks. Um, I was at Auckland Canterbury Auckland twelve Canterbury forty five. Um, yeah, uh, Canterbury have got themselves a scrum coach this year. Because apparently, um, and uh, well, he's volunteering with them. Because um, again, there's no money in this at this level. But um, yeah, their scrum was pretty impressive. But apparently, they're not the biggest scrum, um, and so that was yeah, they're, they're relying on technique um, and doing very well there. 
Yeah, a lot, um, lot of the, uh, this for this Auckland team. It was a bit of a, um, it was a bit of a. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for after that? Good, good wake victory. up call. Yeah, good wake up call. Uh, you know, a lot of but there's a lot of youngsters in this uh, in this Auckland backline with um, Norman Bell and Elliot on the wings and Morse back in the uh, in the fullback. So there are some, should I say, teenagers in this in this team. So that would have been a big wake up call against the uh, current champions. Yeah, and uh, talking to the Auckland coach, um, I've uh, I've not put up the uh, the the um, interviews on on YouTube yet, but um, their 16 year old uh, fly half who played against Waikato um, because of New Zealand rugby regulations as to how often these young 16 year olds are allowed to play, she had to be rested this weekend. So um, so yeah, that, that's going to impact uh, their, their, their their them as well. Um, and quite right too. We don't we don't want players burning out in the first year of uh, of of senior rugby. Um, and then finally, Otago beat Taranaki fifty seven five. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be another long season for Taranaki. Mm-hmm. Yep, it, it it does. Um, and unfortunately, the word fuel being uh, being blue duck. Um, <laughs> uh, hopefully, they'll have to. Let's hope they can soar just a little bit higher, Paul. Absolutely. Um, I'm not making any of the games in round three, but North Harbour will play Hawks Bay. Northland, Otago, Taranaki, Tasman, Manawatu, Waikato, Bay of Plenty, Auckland, and Wellington versus County Manic- Counties Manukau. Um, looking at those, we uh, can so basically uh, Waikato had a rest this weekend, and uh, Canterbury get there have a rest by week next weekend. Um, so uh, I say Canterbury looking like the uh, the, the champions elect um, pretty early doors. Um, but counties, uh, Wellington counties, Manukau, that one looks like a, a cracker of a game. Uh, would be my pick from all of those there. Um, let's go and let's look at uh, next week's games then. Waikato Hawks Bay on Thursday night. I will be at this one. Um, this is a really intriguing one, isn't it? Let's be honest. Waikato, uh, I mean, Hawks Bay, as we've said, line out morals is their business. So can Waikato. Um, not give up penalties, basically. And, yeah, um, and probably probably just an area of weakness for this Waikato team this year has, has been at their scrum. Um, I I think if they can match Hawks Bay and scrum, I think they're a chance. Um, listen, I think they'll be really really hurting over what happened on uh, on uh, on the weekend at North Harbour Stadium. So I'm actually going to go Waikato to take out this game. Yep, I've gone Waikato, and with uh, 9.6 penalties a game, they're not the uh, lowest, but they're also, yes, at, at, the, at the kind of the, the better end of, um, of, of penalties. But I say they're going to have to keep that, uh, keep that as clean as possible for, um, uh, for this game. I'm also, I've gone Waikato by five. Um, Northland Canterbury. Oops, there's a typo. I put Northland by 20. What I mean is Canterbury by 20 on this one. <laughs> Yep. Well, it's uh, Friday the thirteenth, and it's going to be a Black Friday for some somebody, and I think it's going to be unfortunately a Black Friday for uh, for the uh, Northland Tanifa. I think uh, I think Northland will, will, will basically front up. I think, but I think it'll still be Canterbury at the end of the day. I'm going to go Canterbury twelve and under. I think Northland will basically try and put up a solid performance. Don't look so shocked, um, <laughs> but I, I think Canterbury will be too good. So I'm going to be at that one as well, uh, as as will you. We'll both be at that one. Um, we will. Uh, so, so, yes, yeah, so <laughs> the first two games. Um, Taranaki versus Bay of Plenty. Um, 
I, w I was positive about Taranaki early early doors, but um, less so now with the last two games. And I'm going to um, back Bear plenty by seven in this one. Yeah, uh, yeah, and listen to lift yourself after a shield challenge is 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 never an easy thing. And um, I'm going to agree with you. Bay of Plenty were also looking forward to this being a shield challenge. So whether they come in this um, basically de uh, deflated because it's not, or whether they come into this one angry that it isn't, um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, south of Manawatu, um, I'm going Manawatu by three. Uh, I think they've shown me enough last weekend that they should get up over Southland. I am going to go the other way. Southland <laughs> to finally break the duck. <laughs> oh, Stags. The Stags will break the duck. Um, <laughs> Counties Manukau versus Auckland. Now, this is going to be a really important one. Counties find themselves at the bottom of the table now. Auckland um, had their first loss of the season. How do they bounce back from that? I will be at this game as well. Hopefully, this time, we don't have someone putting their foot through the roof. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm backing Auckland by three in this one. Oh, dear. And I, and I hope they uh, add in some chocolate chip pickies to go with your... Uh, oh, they'll, they'll, they'll definitely do chocolate biscuits. Yes, that, that'll be yeah, good. Yeah, they do well down there. Uh, Counties, Monaco, Auckland. Oh, boy. This, you know, you know, the counties Monaco, those next door neighbours, they always live for Auckland, but I think Auckland will bounce back. So Auckland by 12 and under. Um, Wellington versus Otago. Um, yeah, let's be honest. Otago uh, seems to get up for it at home, but away from home, yeah, forget it. Other no. Wellington by 15, it could be more ugly than that. Yep, I, I, I agree. I'm going Wellington by 15 plus. Uh, then Tasman versus North Harbour. Um, yeah, Tasman by 30. Yeah, Tasman by... <laughs> oh, I probably won't go there high. Tasman by, <laughs> Tasman by uh, 20, but North Harbour are playing $8.50, so that probably tells you something. I think it does. Right then. Thank you, everybody in the live chat who has um, joined us. Um, as you can see, I'm getting to three games next week. So um, if you would like to become a supporter of Driving More, as uh, I'll, I'll be putting a piece out, uh, a video out tomorrow, describing what it's like being in a coach's box exclusively for supporters. Link in the uh, notes below on YouTube. Yeah, but it's patreon.com forward slash driving more. Um, and uh, Stephen, thank you very much for joining this evening. Yep, no, not a problem. Not a problem. Like I said, always a privilege and a pleasure. We'll do it again next Monday. Yep, back again next Monday. Oh, where's this finish button? There we go. <laughs>